everybody. Welcome back to Minx on Max Going Deeper. Hello. Hey, I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And today we're going to go over season one. Season one. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking the entire thing, but like, come on, Max. Let this be season one. Absolutely. Let this not just be the episode five. Can we just be season one, episode five? I need more. I mean, abs- absolutely. We are we are just believing. We are putting it out to the universe. That's probably a little fallback maybe to our upbringing that we are putting that out into the world. We are speaking it into existence that there will be more than one season of Minx <laughs> on HBO Max. <laughs> so welcome back to The Fold, episode five of season one, relaying the news of a wayward snake. I assumed that was going to be a dick reference. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I mean, yes, for sure. Because there aren't many wayward snakes, just actual reptile snakes. But dicks go all over the place all the time. All right. So, uh Right, so starting off, you know, we like to start every single one of these episodes with a cocktail. Um, What is this in my glass? (laughs) It has an interesting hue. This was our, what, originally going to be episode three, and I was just like, I can't do this to you. (laughs) (laughs) So you did now, why now? It's the 70s, babe. It's the 70s. We are drinking a grasshopper. Um, it, it, a flying grasshopper. It's a little bit of a riff on a grasshopper. Okay. What's the difference? So a true grasshopper is going to be creme de menthe. It's going to be creme de cacao. And it's going to be cream in equal parts shaken. Creme de menthe and creme de cacao are about 15% ABV. So that makes a cocktail that's really all said and done, maybe about 10% ABV. So much less than a wine. Kind of on your level of like a really hipster beer. Right. Or like a a hard seltzer. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, this just cuts back some of the sugary nonsense of the cremes. A creme is like a liqueur, but uh, more sugar and less alcohol. Okay. And so it cuts back some of those and just basically adds vodka instead. Oh, okay. So this is going to be a little more of a kick and maybe a little less sweet. I have a feeling it's still going to be really... It's probably going to be delicious, but it's not a cocktail. I mean, it it's after dinner. We've had dinner. It's an after dinner drink. It's a dessert drink. It's fine. Cheers, lover. Cheers. All right. So I just drank an Andy's Mint. Basically, which is the best after dinner experience ever, right? Is when it Olive Garden that has Andy's Mints? Or? I think so. When I was a little kid, there were other restaurants that we went to that and had Andy's Mints way before Olive Garden. And it was like, that was the best thing. I was like... Is there an Andy's Mint at the end of this meal? That is all that I care about. Oh, man. I just like just biting just teeny tiny bites off of the thing. Just let, so trying small. to savor it. Mm, <laughs> so <laughs> good. So, I mean, I, I'm enjoying this. I understand where they're coming from. I mean, if people wanted to drink this at other times, fine. Not really a fan. But after dinner. I mean, lady who was drinking this like at the uh, at the mixer at the tennis club. Yeah, that's you. This is not a daytime drink. Definitely not an outside warm drink. This is at maybe see this approach like in the proper context a brunch drink. Maybe, I mean, but let's be fair. When you have the option of of a mimosa, right? When you could just drink champagne, right? Like why would you drink and bring the bring the uh, the orange juice separate? Why (laughs) would you drink anything else? Right, like. You know, the goal is to have like just a 
hint of orange juice. Like you thought about orange juice as they were pouring your champagne. You sound like you're in MASH talking about vermouth. <laughs> I kind of feel that way too. I mean, my my martini of choice is a Vesper, so I, it doesn't have any vermouth in it at all. So, you know. But I will say a, a story of my grandmother. So where I come from, my grandmother was very much a martini drinker. Um, but I grew up, you know, in a very, very conservative household. And so when she came to visit, my mother didn't want, you know, her really drinking around her. So she would like have have martini, will travel, came uh, in tow with her own own kit. But later on, as an as more of an adult, um, spending time with her, I remember I had just gotten my wisdom teeth out and we for some reason, my parents were out of town, so we're staying with them. And we go to Longhorn. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Longhorn. It's like a steakhouse, but like, you know, your middle of the road, casual dining steakhouse. And she orders a martini at the Longhorn, which is probably mm, whiskey drinks at best, just really probably beer, really, truly at best. And they don't have vermouth. And she is fit to be tied. Um, I mean, I, I swear she's going to go behind that bar and make it herself. And I'm like... Still swollen from my uh, wisdom teeth being out. Like there's this whole just like thing going on conversation, and it's just you're watching it all unfold. I appreciate this woman and that she has standards that she wants her vermouth with with her martini, but I wasn't really sure that she understood that this was not really the place for it. I did have a moment in my early drinking days. I must have been 22, 23, and I did go to a all you can drink long necks before 11 o'clock. Oh, I've definitely been. Yeah, I've been to one of those. Yeah. And, you know, like the place with the the wet male he shirt contest at midnight. <laughs> and I mean, that sounds very minx adjacent. It does. It does. But yeah, like the kind of place where there's like Swisher sweets and, uh, Got it. and uh, black and milds like, at the bathroom for the bathroom attendant for a dollar. <laughs> and I did order a Manhattan and the waiter looked at me like I was... Homosexual speaking French, probably. <laughs> I mean, it was probably the early 2000s, so that does track everybody. Yeah, this is the early 2000s in the South. Probably was that thought. But yes. I mean, like, you got it. It was like, what's in it? And I was like, you know, basically whiskey and sweet vermouth is like, I'll give you some makers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right in line with Tina. Exactly, exactly. In good company. But yeah, that being said, the whole idea is, just know you know where you are. Like, read the room. Read the room when you're ordering a cocktail, and you'll come out okay. Yeah. So we open on a family dinner. Yes. We're like, I'm like, who are these people? And they're Italian, but they're also, they've got that Northeastern accent. Right. And all I said was, this is 1971. This might be my bubby. Oh, your bubby. <laughs> I don't even know if we've talked about this on our parent podcast. I, might I don't have think to. so. We, wait, should we play one of these on our on our uh, social I media? I don't or is know. That... Maybe. We'll think about it. I have this sweet little old Jewish lady who leaves me a message about every two months for about five years now. She thinks I'm some guy named Chris, and she leaves me a message. <laughs> My daughter is gorgeous, and, and Mazel Tov on her graduation. And it's it's like, precious. She can't wait to see me next time. 
<laughs> and I've I've sent her messages. I left her messages, letting her know that I'm sorry. I don't know you, but I want to be like that guy and that lady that have Thanksgiving together each year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and she just keeps on sending, leaving me just really lovely voicemails about every two months. It's so special. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, like so they're talking, and she's talking about a velvet sectional. I'm like same fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I just. I just killed Zach. <laughs> Watch out, the cats are drinking grasshoppers. Oh, oh, no, no cats drinking grasshoppers. <laughs> it's pandemonium here, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have you tried to order furniture recently? Not. Okay, our bar cart is there, but the fucking mob is holding it hostage because it's two fifty to deliver one piece or two fifty to deliver two, and our record player cabinet was supposed to come in May. And now it's looking like it's July. Uh, but we made it. We didn't make some choices. Anyway. Our chair and our ottoman that we ordered in November. November is still not here. Still not here. But so she's talking about furniture. She's talking about their daughter needs a grand piano. Have you heard her playing? <laughs> this upright piano is not going to cut it. And I just have, who is this? Because I'm really digging on them. And, and they go into the kitchen. And the kitchen is green. Very green. And there's under cabinet lighting. Is that a thing in 1970-something? I have no idea. I didn't even notice, honestly. I mean, you're, you're the one who put in, together the under cabinet lighting, so you'd be more focused on that. Yeah, I'll have to look into that and, and report back. But that was, I just like, because the, the green glows right, the it, under it cabinet lighting. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got this family... She's talking about all these things that they need. They need a dishwasher. And he's like, babe, money's a little tight. She's like, why is money tight? I'm running our household completely perfect. Every cent that comes in is accounted for and everything's perfect. What's going on with your business? They go to bed. You know, he's waiting for her. She seems mad, but she comes in and undoes her robe. And she's got a little sexy number going on. And so right away, I'm like, she's going to get what she wants. (laughs) Um, She knows how this works, and she's going to get what she wants. And he's like. She gets in bed and starts reading, and he's like, "Uh, hello. He's like, exactly. He's like, so what about this grand piano? She's like, he's like, what size? She's like. You choose. You tell me. <laughs> and he pulls out. Uh, it's just like just kind of kissing her shoulder. And it's adorable. I just said that I really love fun old people sex. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not that old, honestly. Like, let's be fair. He's gray, but They're probably not. not that much older than us. Probably not. A- a- as we age, I-, I appreciate old people that love to, <laughs> to get it down. <laughs> I mean... Let's be fair. But so he reaches over to the bedside table. He pulls out a magazine. He's like, I got something for you. And she's like, ooh. <laughs> and it's that it's Minx. It's the, the issue of Minx. And she's opening up the centerfold. And she's, you know, getting in the mood. And they're all down. And then she sees the front article. And it is about birth control. Single girls in the pill. And she's like, what the hell is this? And we cut back to bottom dollar. And... Doug has gotten a call because said said family um, <laughs> is Doug's business associate, and they are of the organized crime persuasion, and just tangentially, I'm not going to say everyone organized crime equals Catholics and Catholics equal organized crime. I'm not going to say that, but they do happen to be one in the same situation, and so the pill and Catholics, especially in the 70s, no go. 
And so he's got some explaining to do. <laughs> I love when he's explaining it to Joyce. And she's like, you're like the mob? And like, like, I'm not in bed with the mob. Like, I do have business partners who may or may not, but actually do have ties to organized crime. <laughs> Right, like we like we have drivers. Like get different drivers. Like um, yeah, okay. <laughs> like we we like having trucks that don't burst into flames. Ig- exactly. So um, she's like, so they have a problem with the pill, not naughty nuns, but the pill. It's like he's like they're complicated people. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, we'll we'll just we'll go and we'll tell them, and it'll be fine. And he's like, do you, you get turned on before you die? <laughs> It's like, like, I think it's impossible to know the answer to that question. <laughs> Very reasonable. That, that, that really probably is. They've got their 500,000 <laughs> issues <laughs> of minks, and they're going to get rid of the article like that the has the first one like, rips out the centerfold, rips out the other page, puts the centerfold back in, and like, shushu, shushu. Like, there's a staple right on the dick. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> like, and he's like, one done, one down. 499,999 issues to go. I'm pretty sure there's uh, Critters 2. We've talked about Critters in our parents' podcast, but that uh, is a big thing like the bounty, the interstellar bounty hunters can take whichever form they want. And one of the bounty hunters is trying to take a form, like they find a Playboy magazine. So it's taking the form of the centerfold. <laughs> and I guess at the time, Playboy centerfolds were stapled. So I, there was, and then, so, you know, the big, like, reveal, it's her, and then, like, she has to pull the staple out of her stomach. Oh, wow. That's... <laughs> she's just recreating what she sees. You Got know? it. But that's kind of visceral. It kind of is, but I think that's, there may have been kind of a staple jewelry for a, a short time there in the 80s. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so, right. So it's like, all right, well, we've got to remove this. And then we'll be good to go because this is how our, our distribution happens. So we gather the A-team. We gather the team. We go to the warehouse. And they're like, you guys are already separated by regions. There's like stuff all over the place. He's like, we got it. And Joyce is like, okay. She she lines everybody up and she gives everybody a task. You know, we've got Tina. We've got Richie. We've got Shelly. We've got Bambi. And she's like, you you know, you pull out the center. You pull out the article or unstaple pull out restaple whatever and they're like fine and, and then, then they immediately start moving around they get up and shift and they're like, <laughs> like actually I'm... i feel like i'm better at stapling or <laughs> and then shelly's got the staple gun she's like "Ooh, <laughs> i like this you laughed so loud and tina's like let's, let's hold up let's hold up <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean... and joyce's jumpsuit in this scene On point. I mean, the fashion is so good in this. I mean, every single second of it, everyone's, everyone's outfit I want to be in is perfect. And so I've got something about piggies going to market. Somebody's feet. Yeah, the the guys that work at the warehouse are looking at like one of the feet show magazines. Right. Like Doug's handing out porn to everybody as a like way of like, consolation. let us in the room, you know, ignore, you never saw us, here's some porn. Right, right, right. So then Joyce comes. Doug's just handing out porn to everybody in this episode. He's just like, porn, porn, porn. Here, doc workers, here, kids. Here, nice to meet you. Shake your hand. Here's some porn. Yeah. (laughs) I've ordered from some places that like just send a lot of free porn. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're all adults here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just order a a bag to hold things, and they just send a lot of free porn. I don't know. 
But so Joyce is like, I need some coffee. She goes in the break room. All the workers are looking at porn. She's like, it's fine. I see it every single day. She's like, in fact, I consulted on this. Like, look, the the book is being held upright. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting her to say something way smarter than that. (laughs) Like, no, let's just turn the book upright. (laughs) I mean, I'm guessing that's bad Bad girls girls that... Bad girl high. Bad girl, oh man, or I don't know the bad naughty schoolgirls at bad girl high. What was the? I don't even remember. It's something. It's it's something like it's got a couple repeats in yes. it. It feels like. <laughs> so she's making some coffee, and we've got someone who's been working a ton of hours, and so he's cracked the coffee pot. Someone who has got you know a, a hole in his hand, right? Coffee guy. Someone's like coughing terrible because of the ventilation, and she's like. There's been regulations that have been passed a couple of years ago. Have you heard of OSHA? And I was like, oh, no. Did Joyce just invent unions? Um, she didn't. No. I, I think that maybe <laughs> Daniel. labor had been a thing before that. I'm da- pretty sure like Dan, maybe did Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis in, in whatever of New York. Gangs in New York. For sure. No, I think that was really about hating immigrants. I don't think that was about unions. But I think, but regardless, at the very, very latest, Jimmy Hoffa. Okay, okay. Which my mother met on a plane once. (laughs) (laughs) She likes to talk about it. So she knows where he's buried? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. So, right. So I was like, oh, no, this is going to create more problems. I already can feel (laughs) this happening. So they've got an assembly line going on. They're trying to get rid of this article. Um, Then we go back to bottom dollar. Doug has left Tina in charge, which... I mean, Tina, like, Tina's got it. She's the COO. No matter what she's called, you can check out our our Instagram. I've already labeled her as the CEO of Bottom Dollar. We all know that's the case. Everyone's kind of in a tizzy. They're trying to get this photo shoot down for Joyce. We've got a concept of the David. So Italian Renaissance, we've got this curly-headed model who... You know, they're trying to figure out the, the concept. Joyce is like, we can't be looking at the camera. There's this whole idea she has about subverting expectations and the look like, and the, the this. What the view and, means and when it's okay to look and when it's not okay I to mean, look. I mean, and they're like, and, oh, my God. Like, first of all, he's just this is this is porn. Like, he's naked. There's a dong. I mean, later in a, in a bit, like, Tina's like, he's really more Goliath than David, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're switching up our, our Davids in history. I but how big Goliath's dick was. I mean, you would just imagine that it'd be proportionate, right? But he wasn't that big, was he? Okay, can we just, like, there are two sources for the height of Goliath. Sorry, this is, we're getting back to a little bit of uh, where we where we came from in our forbidden journey. But also, just side note, like this is where Zach goes. If you're yes. interested in deep diving and like going down all the rabbit holes of obscure facts, you should check out Forbidden Cinema because every other episode is a deep dive into the movie we just watched, and it goes so many places. So we have two sources for the Old Testament. Okay, okay? we have a Greek source, the Septuagint, which is much older. But we have a Hebrew text, the Masoretic text, which is from about 100 AD. Okay. So we don't know. If if we're to assume we're having a record of a real person, then there's a translation error somewhere. In the Greek text, which is much older, he's about nine and a half feet tall. Okay. In the Hebrew text, which is much newer, he's about six and a half feet tall. Six and a half feet would be a giant in Bronze Age, Middle Eastern areas. Right. I mean, 
I would imagine that the Hebrew text would have more to gain from him being larger because it's Hebrew. I hesitate to say the word mythology, mm-hmm. but Hebrew history that has David de- um, defeating him. So it would make more sense for him to be bigger because it's a bigger triumph. Exactly. But so, in the Hebrew text, he's actually shorter than the Greek text. So then that's probably more accurate. But so either there's way. There's a translation error somewhere. Maybe somewhere maybe someone there. just, you know, we got nines and sixes. Someone flipped, flipped it. one upside down. Who, who knows, right? <laughs> but either way, either David. Uh, even six foot six Goliath is probably packing, but, you know. Probably. Nine I mean, foot something Goliath. Like, that's. That's, that's I mean, like, like they said. It, Joyce is like, it's almost too big. <laughs> I mean, in, you know, no, Joyce didn't say that. Bambi said that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Because Joyce wasn't even there. Bambi said that, and Bambi would know. <laughs> I mean, she's she's seen it all. So if Bambi thinks it is almost too big, then we're all in trouble. But so they're trying to figure out, you know, he like so models bored. He's reading the Italian Renaissance text that Joyce has left, and he's like, really, like, you know, of course the Dave the David wouldn't have a larger penis because it was not that wasn't considered you know beauty at the time and he's going they're like really and then we go down this whole thing of like he's been a juilliard and and all of that but (laughs) i said like this is joyce's centerfold right now like absolutely this is the guy that she was looking for she was looking for the smart intellectual guy with a huge dong and she's missing it she's missing the whole conversation (laughs) she would have been swooning i mean if she hooked up with shane she would definitely hook up with this guy i don't remember what his name is which is terrible but can I just say that uh, how are we going to get these motherfucking snakes out of my motherfucking cupboard? <laughs> but before we even do that, we have to get out a shout out to Phil. 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 I the mean, first person involved. Right. Phil is like, I need my shoot time because this isn't the only magazine that's happening. We've got, got to be fair and minx is over by their shoot time by two hours what are we supposed to do they're not the only thing they're not the only game in town so yeah i mean but i definitely want to give i do love though when they eventually do raid the shoot a few times before that we see them carrying the big like viking horn and there's two people carrying it it's like 10 feet long and every time (laughs) we see it there's two people carrying it and they've got some sort of stuffed something and a bunch of topless ladies and their uh, braids. and <laughs> Right. They have a whole thing coming. So, yeah, Phil, who is David Lee Hess, actor David Lee Hess, um, he is a follower of our Instagram and a fan. And we appreciate it. And so, Phil, we want to give you your due because I feel like this is your standout so far. We've met you before, obviously, shooting Bad Girls from Bad Girl High, if that's what it is. Be, being a photo photo editor from and photo photographer for Bottom Dollar, but definitely shining at this moment, telling teams that this isn't fair. And she's like, I'll take care of it. Let's get it done. So we get back to the snake. And so there's a snake in the cupboard. Right. And everyone's like, oh, that's just Eddie. And they're like, no, that's not Eddie. Like, Eddie, the snake that we hire for shoes. <laughs> and then Bambi comes in like, oh, that's Fran. She's like, oh, are you lost? Let's take you out to the parking lot. I saw some snakes. And like Bambi equals Britney, bitch. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Got some vibes. But already, like right away, Doug is like, the snake's a threat. Or Antina's like, the snake's a threat. Like, this is here for a reason. The mob sent the snake to show them, like, don't mess with our warehouse. Right. And the the pill is strike one. Like, the warehouse is strike seven. And Doug is like, hey, guys, yeah, like, saw the snake. No, not saying that was you. Just 
let you know we got a snake. Um, <laughs> letting you know the the whatever the title of the episode is. I knew it was about dicks, but it wasn't like relaying the news of a wayward snake. Exactly, that's what Doug is doing and letting uh, letting him know. So, so he brings in Joyce. And it's like we got to go make this right. Right. I mean, she's she's let the employees know that they have rights, and of course. He's like that's not that's a no go. Like, that's not the way the the mob works. She's like, but they wouldn't want people dying in the workplace, would they? She's <laughs> like, tuition. they're famous for that. Like, that's what they're famous, <laughs> they're famous for. for being okay with it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so we're back to the shoot. They're trying to make it work. Lennon Parnum, which is slash Shelley, is there, and and she's like, oh my gosh, and Bambi's like, you'll get used to it. And she's like, Lord in heaven. He's like picking up his robe and she's like, we got, an, we got an upshot. Which the real David, if you see the real David, there's a he's pretty high up. Like you're seeing up at it. Right. But he's like he's, all the photos you see in the sculpture in S for the World Book Encyclopedia. Right. Are all like head on. Mm-hmm. But like all the girls that I know that have gone to see it, it's like. Like it's like right in your face, but it, he's a grower, not a shower. Is <laughs> definitely what we're we're learning from this and the difference and and what we're trying to do. Um, I think what we're saying is that men worry about their size, but I believe a woman I once heard say that every dick is terrifying when you're on your knees. Right, I think that that's probably true, and also like I'm women are not concerned with not with what a naked man looks like, but what a naked man does. Mm. I think that that's more important. We're not really like into like just, well, I don't know. This is what this magazine's about. It's about parading you know, the, the female gaze on naked men. And I guess there is something to that. But when it comes down to it, it's about what a naked man does. <laughs> End of the day. End of the day. Exactly. Uh, Doug is getting ready to go meet with his business partner. And I feel like the chocolate dicks are a mistake to take to a bunch of mob guys. Well, maybe, but they're just chocolate. Like, I don't know. Well, we find out later that there might have been more of a deep meaning on a chocolate dicks per se, but. I just think in general, I don't think the mob guys are going to be eating chocolate dicks. I think they'd love the porn, but. I mean, but they're for somebody. I think it's just, it's just chocolate. Tina's putting together the welcome basket. She's like, you have no style. I'll <laughs> like, take care these of These are not going to hold up in the sun. <laughs> she's like, right. Yeah. How far do you have to go? And of course, we see Joyce like in the car and she's like. It's already starting to melt. <laughs> right. But even before that, Doug is like pulling out an outfit. He's like, well, how does this look? Does this work for a party? She's like, it looks great with cement shoes. He's like, are you worried about me? And we're having a little bit of a moment. And he's like, you know that you're the other half of this. Like you are, you are the other half of bottom dollar. Can you handle this? She's like, I got this. Basically, Doug creates a situation. I mean, I was just watching Friends the other day where her mom says she's pulling a Monica, and it felt very much like that. It's like no joicing. No joicing. Preaching or speaking truth to power. Like, let's practice your apology again. Again. Again, again, again. Yeah. Like, this is is how we get stuff done. So we get to the party. And it's a kid's birthday party. It's a kid's birthday party. Like, so I guess he's thinking Little Vito is, like, a nickname. Like... (laughs) But no, like little Vito is actually like little Vito. He's like eight. Um, so they stash the basket to the side, uh, you know, right by the door. They go inside. As, you know, sexy mom from the beginning with her little red number. She's like, no peeing in the Lawson's yard. Right. Yeah. It's a, cla- it's a classy situation. Which I might be the only guy in my friend group who hasn't peed in my yard. 
which I'm not sure if I'm okay with. <laughs> they just do not want to go inside. Apparently, I mean, I, I didn't know it was that difficult, but I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Everybody has a threshold. <laughs> but so they go in and, you know, the guys are watching the game and Doug goes in and wife is like, we're all in the kitchen. And she's like, oh, uh, Joyce is like, oh, no, I'll stay right here. This is where the action and it's like, nope, you're <laughs> going to the kitchen. And he's like, I'll try and come get you if I can get you. Um, so she goes to the kitchen right away. She's like, see, there's so much activity happening in the kitchen. You know, people are stirring sauce. They're holding babies. They're doing this. They're doing that. And she gets roped into doing all of it. Stir the sauce. And then someone puts an apron on her and they're like, oh, hold this baby. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if she even likes me. She's crying. And you kind of see her like in this space. What could be? What could right. have been? But I just said when she tries the sauce and like, this is actually delicious. Is that the theme of this is that she has great ideas, but that she constantly underestimates everyone around her? Always. I mean, that, that's, that might be the theme of this show. I think it is. I think she has something to say. And because she, nobody will listen to her and she won't listen to anyone else. Right. Everyone, she's at an impasse, a grand impasse. I wouldn't have thought this sauce that I'd be stirring would be delicious. And then she starts listening. We have a woman who's talking about, oh, her husband's got a GTO. That's the car. That's the car we have. And, you know, we have this new baby. And I, I, you know, we need to drive. And also this GTO is hot. So I put the pink car seat in the GTO. What does he do? He goes out and buys a Cadillac. So now the GTO is mine. She's like, oh. I like you got, like she's, she's offended that she used her feminine wiles to get what she wanted. But she's intrigued that she got what she wanted. Right, and it, then the dishwasher. You know, everybody. Everybody wants the dishwasher. Everybody like, oh, the dishwasher's like, fancy. And then like, when the husband comes in, and he's like, like, oh, we'll just get theirs when they don't need it anymore. Like, it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, oh, so they're getting. It's like we've talked about it. It's like go pick it out because <laughs> they know they don't want to be seen as less as being able to provide for their family. So they're gonna get it. And I, I have a note. It's from my big frat Greek wedding. It's like the man. Is the head of the household, but the woman is the neck, and she can turn the head any way she wants, and that's what we're seeing here. And Joyce is like soaking it in. She's like, "Oh, okay, I see what's happening." These here. women are not passive. No, they're getting stuff done. They're getting what they want, but they are recognizing that there is a way to do it. They're not just ramming their heads into a brick wall. They're nuancing through and making everyone feel like it's a good decision, making everyone feel like it maybe it was their idea. You have to be okay with that because Joyce at this point like wants it to be her idea. She wants the credit. She wants everybody to know that it was hers and she's got the byline and she's got this and that. And it's like, but that's not necessarily the way that you're going to get what you want. And I think that this is the whole concept of aligning with Doug. I mean, she's fought it knowing that it's a necessary evil, but every step of the way, it's like, okay, I'm having to compromise just a little, just a little. And then then realizing, no, I can be really be in control of this situation if I seemingly give up control, but I don't have to really. I can get exactly what I want if I am just careful about it. Mm-hmm. If I just, men are fragile. Yes. They have egos. And if we just play into that just a little, just a little, then then it's all going to work out in our favor. And they will secretly know deep down 
but we have to be okay with the fact that that's how it is. So we get back out to the game. And Doug is talking so much. <laughs> He's talking so much. She's like digging so many holes. Well, like the guys are like racist, like in with the racist times. Like, no, 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 no. Like really, really racist. Right, right, right. They're like, it was fine with there was a separate league. And now and then there's this and that. And he's like, I have my second hand, my lieutenant. He's using, he's right. using terms they understand. My lieutenant is a black woman. And it's like, she's amazing. She's awesome. And they're like, mm, okay. <laughs> and he's like. You know, she recognized that I had money missing. You know, it's your inner circle. It's right. the people that are closest to you yeah, that can not some steal low from level you. Whatever. No, it's the it, people that you trust the most that are right there. It's and everybody was like, command. everybody's looking, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm in trouble. I'm gonna die now." The the suit does look good with cement shoes. <laughs> and now it's time for Vito's birthday cake. But before that, they get into the porn basket and they're eating chocolate dicks. Before they come in, which doesn't come into play. Like, nobody says anything about it. I really thought we were going to have a big blow up, but we yeah. didn't. Did you ever have anybody with access to porn mag or to some sort of forbidden something? Um, Probably just romance novels. Romance novels? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a... <laughs> I remember, I don't know where I got it. I mean, but I remember reading a romance novel and hiding it under my pillow. <laughs> I never had any, but we did have like one kid in the neighborhood had like an older brother and he had like four or five pages from a Playboy magazine. Oh, man. <laughs> just like a handful of pages just ripped out. And the Marvel swimsuit issue. Ah. So... <laughs> Yeah, definitely stuff like, yeah, it was it was pretty. I think we had uh, Anna Nicole Smith and, and uh, Pamela Anderson, some pretty relevant pop culture yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, with the times and not some old weird wood stuff. Because everybody talks about that, like people that we've, I've like listened to podcasts or whatever, and they talk about this like it's a thing. Like we found porn in the woods. Was that a thing? Um. I think they found some weird, like, biker magazine that had some topless ladies on it in the woods one time. But no, I grew up in the woods. We never – there was no porn in the woods. And there was, like, porn down, like, where people went to have sex, like, with all the used condoms, like, in the – down by the cove, like, in the next neighborhood over. I'm making a face. <laughs> I don't care about the porn. Used condoms, ugh. But – all right, but so back at bottom dollar for back a moment at bottom here, dollar. and there's a riot happening. <laughs> well, even be right before that, so they've decided on the shoot. We've got the model, and I don't remember his name. They call him by his name, and I don't remember it, and I apologize. He's like kind of doing some twisting and turning and, and doing some very poses that you would think of maybe the early like Greek. Early Olympians. Exactly. Or, yeah. Exactly. Greek, Greek statuary. Right, not like, David per se, you know, not no, but like holding but like a discus, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff, and like, okay, this is it. And Richie starts shooting, he'll keep doing it. Earlier, I said, This penis has a brain. I've <laughs> <laughs> only <laughs> a brain. <laughs> you know, he drops his robe, and she's like, I've got to, Shelly's like, I gotta pick this up. She's like, I'm not your mother, thank God. <laughs> so good. Um, and he's like, you know, like, where did you learn this? All the, the kind of movement. It's like, oh, from Julia. And Bambi's like, I went there for a semester. It was really competitive. So we're learning some stuff about Bambi. Yes, like, yes, Julia, yes. that's a big deal. 
So I wonder what her specific talent was. So then Phil is, where we go back, Phil is enraged. They're storming, storming the photo shoot. And Richie's enraged. Everybody's like, he's finally got his groove and they're trying to figure it out. And they're, you know, coming in with all their crazy sets and teen tina jumps up she's a heck of a shot with a slingshot yeah slingshot because somehow we've moved to that like thinking about david like king david soon to be king david versus the david she shoots it out and she's like everybody shut the fuck up i mean i don't know if she said that exactly but that's the vibe (laughs) she gives one heck of a speech though but like model guy is standing there like dick swinging the whole speech <laughs> in the background. I mean, that's their bottom dollar. That yes. I'm sure that's happening 100% of the time, all the time now. I mean, maybe not dick swinging, but there's definitely someone nude. That's just, it's just hard to really hard to really think about just normal things happening <laughs> while like some new dude is just there in the background. And she's like, Minx, you're over on your time. You can't do that. We have to make sure we've got a good schedule. Everyone, so everyone has access. We need to make sure that all that, you know, I will get this done. Minx, you have 10 minutes. Get it wrapped up. Then everyone else can come in because we got to keep business running. And she takes care of it. COO, like I said. <laughs> um, and then she's like, I really think he's more Goliath than David. So like, I know, right? I so, don't have anything before we get back to uh, Vito's no, study. That's what I've got too. So we get cake coming out. Everybody wants cake. But one of Vito's lieutenants is like, Vito wants to see you. He's like, oh, I thought I'd get some cake. Vito's like, lieutenant who's like, he's a big dude. But he's like, he can't sit on the couch. He's laying on the couch. Right, yeah. He's a fan of pasta. <laughs> so I'm surprised when he's like, I would advise that you did not eat cake yet. Like, that he's like, I understand. I would eat the cake first too. But he's like, no, go see Vito. And Doug's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And he goes and Vito's like, you've said a bunch of stuff to me. Not many people are bold enough to say some stuff to me in my house. You talked about my inner circle. You know, these are my my nephews, my brother-in-law, my family, my friends, you know, and he's like. They're pieces of shit. <laughs> you were right. He's like, like a, surrounded by a web of nepotism and incompetence. Right, like, I was like, oh wow. Yeah, he's like, I, what am I supposed to, like supposed to do? These are my family. Like, but they're all stealing for me. They're all skimming. Like, what are you doing? Because the entire thing, like, everyone's having money problems in this entire mob. Right. It's all like it's the whole thing. Like, every husband is like, we're having money problems. We're having money problems. We're having money problems. It's like because they're all fucking stealing. Right. So <laughs> where's it eventually going? Someone's doing well. Maybe it's little Vito. Who knows? He's like, what are you doing? And Doug is like, you get good people for the good for the job. Hire the best person for the job. Good people are good people. Full stop. Full stop. I mean, that's the message. That's that's the side message of all of this. You know what Joyce is learning that. Everyone has a voice that it's worthy for me to target and speak to everyone. And Doug has already known that. He's having to learn how to kind of compromise a little bit more, as is she. But he's already, he's like, I've got people from all walks of life, all colors working for me because we're getting this done. In the same space, you know, Joyce is getting it done. She's oh, like. She's back in the kitchen and she's, the girls are into what she's got to say. Right. She's like. like she, I wouldn't have thought you would have like, We'd rather listen to Sylvia's car story again. She's like, we've heard it three times. She's like, you know, I made some different choices than you did. I look at all of this and I wonder, should I have? 
you know, and so she's like having have a little bit of the thought of like, should I have just gotten married and had a family and all of that? She's like, but I didn't. That wasn't my choice. And I'm having work issues and he doesn't respect me and they, they all relate. And, you know, she's like, I'm trying to put this together. And, and Vito's wife is like, I've seen your magazine. It's cute. But the, the pill, I understand. I know you have a problem. Will you let me, they hand her a glass of wine. Will you let me tell you about the article? I think it would help. I think it would make me feel better. Okay, go ahead. We don't hear it. We mm-hmm. don't hear any of what she says. And we get in the car and Doug is like, I think I got it. I got all the circulation back except for Minx because of the pill article. And Joyce keeps trying to say, right. like, I got it taken care of. He is mansplaining to her left and right oh. in the car. And then they get back and they show her the photos. And she just starts mansplaining the heck out of them to her team. Exactly. She's doing the same thing. They're like, oh, she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even know. She's like, yes, the the subversion of the gate. They're like, that's what we that's were going for. That's exactly what we were going for. She's like, oh, it's amazing. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they, uh, Doug gets the call. Like, Minx is back on the table. We're good. Like, I guess I was better than I thought. And she's like, great job. Joyce kisses the ring. She does. Yes, that's what this episode should have been called, really. No, Wayward Snakes. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a good double entendre. But she's like, exactly. Good job. Fantastic. And she turns away and she's like, smiles to herself. She's, she's realizing that a victory is a victory. And then he kind of makes a face and it's like, I think he knows. Somehow he knows. Like, he's kind of like, wait a minute. She, kinda, I, she plays him like exactly. one of those ladies plays their husband. Exactly. And that's, you said to me once, when you realized some stats I had as a salesperson, and you were like, have I ever had an original thought in my life ever? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Does it matter? Oh, shit. And you're back in sales. <laughs> Does it matter? That was more comforting when you'd taken a break from, from a direct sales role. <laughs> but That's when I said that. I did not say that when you were actually in sales and that after you got out of it. You know, if you have a goal, you have to be comfortable. And I don't say this and mean like you need to like cut corners and do illegal things. But if there are people around you that can help you accomplish that goal, don't be too tied to getting the credit. <laughs> Just especially if you have a higher agenda like Joyce does about her message and getting it out to women and that this empowerment movement, which is really important. And Doug has a goal of being more legitimate and they're all aligned in that way. And they're going to be times when someone's on top. It doesn't matter. Everyone wins either way, top or bottom. Everyone wins. (laughs) Early on in one of my uh, leadership meetings, when I was kind of explaining my leadership strategy, like, like, I'm the puppet master. Like, pull the strings, pull the strings. Like, that's not really an effective leadership method. Like, we're getting it done. <laughs> like, they're doing the job. Like, how are they getting the job done? Like, because I'm fooling them into thinking they want to. <laughs> sometimes it is. I mean, maybe not like as like truly a leader, but like in, in like part- sure, I could be Kevin Costner and inspire people, but these people aren't are too dumb to get inspired. So I'm just making them think that's what they want. Either way, like I said, I think the vibe, top or bottom, if the goal gets done, everyone wins. Yes. I think we just leave it at that. So awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We're loving it. We're, you know, we're coming up on the end. I know, full disclosure, like episode eight's out. We got the season finale coming up. Next Um, week. Gotta be honest, like I'm chomping at the bit. I kind of want to get it done, but time is just time what time is. And... This 
everyone's going to be checking these out um, post anyway because this is an amazing show and, and the 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 vibe is and the word is going to get out and people are going to coming back and y'all should send them our direction so they can listen and be part of the conversation as they check them out. Yeah, and cheers to the uh, Minx on Max subreddit. Yeah. So some of you guys have been talking about us a little bit. So uh, cheers to you guys. Hope you come on board. I know, yeah, we're really far behind, but it's a blast, guys. Come on. We are talking a show about women's empowerment, about dicks, and we're just along for the ride. We want to promote this thing. We need season two. We're having a blast. Yeah, that's that's everyone's unified goal, season two. Yes. So anything we can do. Season to, six. I mean, come well, on. Well, for sure, but baby steps. Yes. Season two is, is the way to season six. So check us out on Minx on Max Going Deeper on Instagram. Um, right now, you can communicate with us uh, if you want to do that via email on Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our other podcasts in the meantime. We'll be hitting up showgirls here soon. So, definitely some fun stuff. I mean, Hit the back catalog, definitely um, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, uh, Loving Some Dolly, if you wanted some place to start. And yeah, that's Forbidden Cinema on Instagram and Forbidden Cinema Podcasts on Gmail as well. So yeah, make yourself a grasshopper, enjoy it, some after-dinner delights, and we will see you guys soon. All right. Yes. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>